your attention, please. It's time for the final countdown. <laughs> the show starts in... Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hold Up What podcast. It is Sunday, after all, so we're going to do a deeper look into a topic that kind of caught my attention um, on Friday, Thursday, maybe, Thursday or Friday, one of those days. And it's the concept, I guess, or the phenomenon, I guess I should say, the phenomenon of deja vu, right? So deja vu is when you have an experience and it feels eerily familiar to something you've already done. It's one of those like, have I done this already? And like, you get that feeling of like, no, I've been here before. And then it goes away and you're like, that was weird because it only lasts for about like 10 seconds tops. It's not like you're all of a sudden trapped in a different world. But when it does happen, and it's rare that it happens, but when it does happen, it kind of throws you for a little bit of a loop. And you're like, damn, that's crazy. It feels like I've, I've been in this exact exact situation before. So what spawned this on me was I was driving home from work the other day and I'm still on, like I just made a, I just came out of my work parking lot and I'm driving. And for some reason, the trees that were like in the center divider, I'm looking at those and then it, something clicked and I was like, I've been here before. And like, I've driven in that road a hundred times since moving in to New Jersey. But there was something about that one moment where I'm like, that this exact thing was happening. The same podcast was playing, the same way the light was hitting the trees, like the same cars were in front of me and it lasted for like that 10 second window. And I'm like, that's, it just hit me like that, not uneasy, but like it was kind of a good feeling. And I have a theory on this one about deja vu. And I've said this before, probably when I was shit-faced or something, where deja vu was like a checkpoint you hit in your life that reminds you that you're on the right path. So what does that mean, right? So you know in a video game, if you've ever played a video game, like a MMO, massive multiplayer, what is it? Yeah. An open world game, basically, where like you're running around and you have to find this one task that you're stuck on and you're kind of just wandering around. You start getting frustrated. Like, I don't know where the fuck I'm going. There's no arrows. There's no path. There's nothing. You're just going and then all of a sudden you hit a checkpoint and you're like oh this is where i was supposed to go and then you continue on with your game right so my theory is this is i'm i came up with this one i feel like so if anyone's gonna steal it fuck off because i feel like it's mine every time you have an occurrence of deja vu like the actual experience of it where you're like i've been here before not just like oh this looks familiar like the where everything your all your senses click at once where you're like what the hell i've done this before that i've been in this exact same situation before like this exact time and moment i've been here that's you hitting a checkpoint in your life saying you're on the right path or you're doing something correct like it's it's kind of the world's way of acknowledging you being like you're doing it right keep going you know because it happens once twice a year maybe i don't know if it happens more like more to more people more often but for me it only happens like twice a year where i'm like thoroughly surprised about what just happened like oh shit this is weird and like it throws me off so i'm like i gotta look into this more so then i spent all day or all morning today sunday morning because it's raining and i got nothing better to do researching deja vu where it comes from different beliefs about it and is it actually a real phenomenon 
So scientific theories suggest that deja vu might be the result of a discordant neural process tied to memory formation. Psychological perspectives tether tether to buried memories or half-remembered dreams. Deja vu is a French term describing the unsettling sensation of having lived through the present moment before. So yeah, when you have it, you have that un- it's it's unsettling. You're like it really does. It's a it's not so much like the where you're scared or something or you're overly surprised. It just feels like I, you've been here before. Like physically everything, all of your senses are telling you this has happened before and then it just goes away. So it's more of a phenomenon, maybe a little superstitious of what goes on. So there's different thoughts on this whole thing and we're going to get into each of them we're going to get into each and every one of them there's about six so bear with me as we motor through these so reincarnation has its own theory on this and that's sometimes known as rebirth or transmigration it's the philosophical religious concept that an aspect of a living being starts a new life in a different physical body or form after each death it's the central tenet of many Indian religions, such as Hinduism, Hinduism, Jainism, Buddhism, and Sikhism, and is also found in various forms among the sects of Christianity, Judaism, and certain tribal societies around the world. This belief involves the soul, often viewed, viewed as eternal and divine, which incarnates into the physical realm, living life, dying, and then reincarnating again. The exact details of which is carried over between lives vary between different cultures and religions. It might be not knowledge, wisdom, a task left undone, or consequences for your past life, or karma. A core component of many interpretations of reincarnation is the law of karma, which states that a person's actions in one life will somehow affect their circumstances in the next life. This is often used to explain disparities in birth conditions, personal traits, and life experiences. Research into reincarnation is considered a part of parapsychology. It is not typically embraced by mainstream science due to difficulties with testing and verification, as well as the necessity of pre- supposing the existence of some form of consciousness or soul that survives death, which itself is a topic of ongoing debate in philosophy and science. One of the most well-known researchers in this field was Dr. Ian Stevenson, a Canadian psychiatrist who worked at the University of Virginia. Over several decades, Stevenson documented thousands of cases of children who claimed that to remember their past lives. He would fact-check the child's statements about their previous identity and the circumstances of their death, often finding corresponding details in the records of the deceased individual. He interpreted these cases as suggestive of reincarnation. So this dude was on top of it, interviewing kids about their past lives. That might not be creepy at all, right? How do they fund something like that? But anyway, Dr. Jim Tucker, also at the University of Virginia, has continued Stevenson's work, focusing particularly on cases where the children bear birthmarks or birth defects that they attribute to wounds in a past life. Some of these cases show remarkable correlations between the children's memories and the lives of specific deceased individuals. In terms of deja vu, however, those who believe in reincarnation sometimes interpret these experiences as glimpses of a past life breaking through into the current one. This remains a personal or spiritual interpretation rather than a scientific explanation. It's also worth noting that many people who experience deja deja vu do not believe in reincarnation, and many who believe in reincarnation do not interpret their deja vu experiences in this way. So basically, they're saying when you have deja vu, this is a memory from your past life bulging into your current life, and it just happens so quick, happens so subtly that you have to attribute it to something, and you can attribute it to your past life. Now, the next one, this is where my checkpoint theory comes in, is predestination. And this is a theological 
doctrine found primarily within the Christian denominations, such as Calvinism, that asserts that all events of the universe have been willed by God. In this perspective, God has foreknowledge of all events and ultimately causes them to occur. The doctrine of predestination often focuses specifically on salvation, positing that God has determined from eternity whether each individual soul will be saved or condemned. The concept of fate, on the other hand, is more universal and can be found in various philosophical, religious, and cultural contexts worldwide. Fate is often conceived as a predetermined course of events beyond human control. A typical depiction of fate presents it as a natural, impersonal force governing reality rather than as a divine will or decree. In Greek mythology, for example, the Morai, often known in English as the Fates, were the incarnations of destiny. Their number became fixed at three. Clotho, Lachesis, and Atropos, they controlled the metaphorical thread of life of every mortal from birth to death. In ancient Rome, the concept of fate was personified in the goddess Fortuna. Similarly, in Norse mythology, the Norns were supernatural beings who controlled the destiny of gods and men. In modern times, the concept of fate has been explored extensively in literature, where it often denotes the inevitable and unalterable course of life for the sequence of events, such as tragic outcomes in Shakespeare's plays. These concepts of fate or predestination can be linked to deja vu, in the sense that if you believe that every event is predetermined, deja vu could be interpreted as a small, unconscious awareness of this predestined predestined, predestined path. In other words, when you experience deja vu, you might interpret it as a brief glimpse into your predetermined future, as if you've been given a sign that you're on the right track. See what I'm saying? The deterministic perspective also appears in certain interpretations of quantum physics, such as blocked universe or eternalist interpretation of space-time, in which past, present, and future all equally exist, and the flow of time is an illusion. However, it's worth noting that these interpretations remain theoretical and highly contested. Predestination and fate, when discussed in the context of deja vu, fall more into the realms of metaphysics, philosophy, and theology rather than empirical science. They pose significant challenges for the scientific inquiry because they invoke concepts that are difficult, if not impossible, to test empirically. So another one that's just hard to test. You just kind of kind of believe in it. And I'm not saying I believe like the whole, no matter what I do, I'm going to end up in this one spot. I think it's more you're doing the right thing and you're getting reminded of it. So we can get into that later. Dream theories suggest various explanations for why we dream, what dreams signify and how they correlate to our waking lives. There is a broad spectrum of theories ranging from psychological interpretations to those of Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung to biological and neurocognitive models of dreaming. 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 Freudian theory. Sigmund Freud, the founder of psychoanalysis, believed that dreams were a form of wish fulfillment. They represented unconscious desires, thoughts, and motivations. In his book, The Interpretation of Dreams, Freud proposed that distressing or traumatic experiences could resurface in dreams as a way for the unconscious mind to deal with them. Some have extended this theory to suggest that deja vu could be linked to the resurfacing of forgotten dream content, even as even if this connection is, isn't explicitly made by Freud himself. The Jungian theory. Jungian or Jungian? I'm going to go Jungian theory. Carl Jung, a student of Freud, disagreed with the idea that dreams were merely about wish fulfillment. He suggested that dreams provide messages about lost parts of our of ourselves and can point to parts of our psyche that need attention. Like Freud, he did not specifically connect his theories to deja vu, but some might interpret deja vu as a moment when a symbol or theme 
from a dream suddenly manifests in waking life. And then there's cognitive theories. More recent theories propose that dreams may be related to memory consolidation or problem solving. It's possible that deja vu could be a memory of a dream that we don't consciously remember, but that emerges as a feeling of familiarity. That's a fun word to say. Familiarity when we encounter the situation in waking life. And then there's precognitive dreams. These are dreams that seemingly predict the future. Some people believe that deja vu might be the experience of living a moment that was previously dreamt. While there are anecdotal reports of precognitive dreams, scientific evidence is scant. Researchers like Stanley Krippner and Montague Ullman have explored this phenomenon, but their work conducted under the field of parapsychology is often met with skepticism in mainstream scientific circles due to methodological criticisms. Damn, I don't know why I stuttered over that word like a dumbass. And then we have neuroscientific neuroscientific theories and then the activation synthesis hypothesis. So the neuroscientific theory, dreams are viewed as a result of the brain's attempt to make sense of random neural impulses. In relation to deja vu, some of these researchers speculate that deja vu might occur when the brain mistakenly files a new memory in the old memory category, creating a sense of familiarity. So it's kind of tricking your brain into thinking that this new experience is actually an old experience by storing it in the older files and being like, oh, we've done this already. And then the activation synthesis hypothesis proposed by Harvard psychiatrist J. Allen Hobson and Robert McCarley. Side note, putting your middle initial in front of your first name is definitely the move. But you have to be like a really smart dude to do it. Like you can't just do it. I do it. But, you know, I'm a smart guy. This theory posits that dreams do not actually mean anything. Instead, they are merely electrical brain impulses that pull random thoughts and imagery from our memories. This theory would likely interpret deja vu as a simple cognitive anomaly rather than something that has been foreseen in a dream. In general, while these dream theories can provide some potential frameworks for understanding deja vu, it's important to note that evidence directly linking dreams and deja vu is anecdotal and largely unproven. Basically, if you haven't got the gist of all this yet, a lot of these are theories and we can't really prove them. So it's just something to keep the mind going. And then there's quantum theory. Now, quantum theory or quantum mechanics is a branch of physics that deals with phenomena on a very small scale, such as molecules, atoms, and subatomic particles, like electrons and photons. It's one of the most successful theories in the history of science, and its principles underlie much of modern technology, from computers to lasers to nuclear power. Little side note, for some reason, whenever I say the word nuclear, nuclear, I always, I know I can't, I know the word isn't nuclear. Like, I know it, obviously, because it's not spelled that way, and that's not how you pronounce it. However, whenever I see it and I'm about to say it, I make a conscious effort to not say nuclear, which makes me say nuclear. I can't... I know it's nuclear, like nuclear power, nuclear power. But whenever I say it in a sentence, I always say nuclear. Just saying. Anyway, quantum mechanics is also also has a number of strange and counterintuitive implications, which have led to many different philosophical interpretations. Some of these interpretations have been linked, often speculatively, to phenomena like deja vu. Though it's important to note that these connections are not generally accepted. Again, none of this shit can be proven or is accepted. It's just something to think about. So the wave-particle duality or superposition. Quantum entities like electrons and photons behave 
both like particles and like waves spread out in space. They can exist in superposition of states until they are measured, at which point they collapse into one state. This has led to some speculate that deja vu might be related to the collapse of a superposition of states in the brain, though there is currently no evidence. Then quantum entanglement, when two quantum entities become entangled, their properties become linked, such that measuring one immediately affects the other, no matter how far apart they are. This has been used to suggest that the brain might involve quantum entanglement, leading to non local effects like deja vu. However, the brain is considered too warm and wet to sustain entanglement. Insert sex joke. And then there's the many worlds interpretation. According to this interpretation, each quantum event spawns a multitude of parallel universes, each representing a different possible outcome. Such have suggested, some have suggested that deja vu might be a momentary leakage between these parallel worlds. However, this interpretation remains controversial. And again, hard to prove, not really scientifically backed, so it's very unclear. And then there's quantum consciousness theory and the quantum Zeno effect. So quantum consciousness theory proposed by physicist Roger Penrose and anesthesiologist Stuart Hameroff suggests that consciousness in itself might be a quantum mechanical phenomenon. In their Orch theory, quantum computations in microtubules, quantum computations in microtubules within neurons are proposed to be the basis of consciousness. Critics argue that these theories are highly speculative and many neuroscientists remain skeptical. Quantum Zeno effect. The quantum Zeno effect is a situation in which an unstable particle, if observed continuously, will never decay. Some have suggested that this might relate to the feeling that time is freezing during deja vu. That's what I'm saying when it's like that 10 seconds where you're like, you kind of just like pause and you're like, I've done this, I've done this. And then you get out of that. Once that moment is over, you're like, all right, back to my life again. And it's like you you paused for that 10 seconds to relive that experience. Something to think about. And again, none of these theories can be proven or are almost impossible to prove unless we have technology to actually do it, which we don't. So they're probably going to go all unsolved and just something to think about, something to bring up at the dinner table during Thanksgiving. Now, this next one, this is the coolest one of them all. And this one has often been said that if we did know it, we wouldn't know that we knew it because we wouldn't be able to wrap our brains around it at the same time. And it's simulation theory, right? So simulation theory or the simulation hypothesis, posits that the reality we know is not real. It's instead simulated or a virtual reality. This idea has been presented in various forms throughout history, from ancient philosophical thought experiments to modern scientific fiction. But the contemporary version often takes its cues from developments in technology and computer science. Nick Bostrom, a philosopher at Oxford University, is one of the most cited proponents of this simulation hypothesis. In his 2003 paper, Are You Living in a Supercomputer? Or Are You Living in a Computer? computer simulation. I don't know why I just murdered that title. Bostrom argues that at least one of the following propositions must be true. One, the human species is very likely to go extinct before reaching a post-human stage or a stage at which we can run many detailed simulations of our forebears. Number two, any post-human civilization is extremely unlikely to run a significant number of simulations of its evolutionary history. Number three, we are almost certainly living in a computer simulation. The idea behind this trilemma is that if a civilization were advanced enough to create a simulated universe, it would likely create many such simulations to the point where the number of simulated realities would vastly outnumber the base reality. 
Hence, if we assume that it's possible for such simulations to exist, then statistically, it's more likely that we're living in a simulation than in a non-simulated reality. This hypothesis has sparked significant debate among philosophers, computer scientists, physicists, and others. Some argue that it's an interesting and plausible idea that should be taken seriously. Others dismiss this as untestable and therefore unscientific. In the context is of deja vu though, which is what this whole thing is about, the simulation hypothesis can offer an interesting perspective. If we were indeed living in a simulated reality, deja vu could potentially be explained as a glitch or a reset in the simulation, similar to how a computer game might experience a lag or a repeating pattern due to a coding error or resource limitation. Alternatively, it might be seen as an artifact of the process by which the simulation creates the illusion of a consistent or linear time, similar to the narrative conceit of checkpoints in video games where players can save their progress and return to that point if they die or fail a task. In conclusion, deja vu, the feeling of having already lived through the current experience, remains fascinating, largely mysterious phenomenon. While mainstream scientific explanations generally attribute it to various cognitive and neural processes, the lack of a definitive understanding leaves room for a plethora of interpretations that span various domains, including psychology, spirituality, philosophy, and even physics. In the end, the phenomenon of deja vu serves as a fascinating reminder of the complexities of the human mind and our understanding of reality. As scientific research advances and our knowledge of the brain deepens, we may one day come closer to unraveling the enigma that is deja vu. But until that time, it remains an intriguing mystery open to interpretation and speculation. So if you're still sticking with this, we've been talking about all six topics, or I guess all six theories of why deja vu happens, if it's actually happening, or if it's our brain just playing a little trick on us, or if we're living in a simulation, or if we're just on a predetermined path, and every time we have an episode of deja vu, it's the world letting you know you're still on the you're still on your path. You just hit a checkpoint. Congratulations. Keep going forward. End of the day. At the end of the day, though, we're all going to die. So I guess you could say we're on a predetermined path. However, I like my favorite theory out of all this is the simulation theory, because if you've ever played The Sims, City Skylines, Roller Coaster Tycoon, GTA, any one of these games that have NPCs running around, an NPC is a non-player character. Any one of these games that has an NPC running around, how do you know that they're that NPC isn't in its own game and it's running around the same way you're running around in the game, but you're just passing him by. Or the people you meet in the street are NPCs and you just interact with them and keep it moving. That's the idea of like small talk. Like, why do we have small talk? I hate it. Everyone does it. Or common phrases we all use. Like everyone says the same phrases over and over again. It's not the heat. It's the humidity. That's like, for some reason, that's like ingrained in our fucking brains to just say like, oh man, it's hot today. And someone says, it happens. <laughs> it really happens like every fucking day. It went in every day. You can go into any store, any gas station, any person you run into, any stranger you run into. You can say, man, it's a hot one today. And they're going to repeat back either. Yes, it is. Or, and they're going to be like, yeah, this humidity is a killer. And then you're going to respond with, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. And that's going to be it. It happens all the time. And whenever it happens, I laugh because I'm like, it's just an automatic thing. Like you have to say it. Or when someone mentions Arizona and like, oh, it was fucking 120 degrees in Arizona. The response 
every time is going to be, but it's a dry heat. That's it. It's like, it's, you're talking to an NPC. You're talking to a fucking pre-programmed computer at that point, asking a stranger how their day is going. And they respond with living the dream. Like, where'd we get these from? Why, when did we start saying these things? Like, it's like you hit an age. You hit like 25. Ah, that's a little too young. You hit like, yeah, maybe 25. That's probably the youngest, but like 30. Once you hit 30, it's just, you're on repeat. You're, you're, you're hardwired to just repeat phrases. Oh man, it's a bitch out there. It's so hot. Ah oh, yeah, this humidity too. It's not the heat that gets you. It's the humidity. Am I right? Oh yeah, man. See you later. And that's all right. But how do you know that he's not talking to you in his own game? How do you know you're not in your own game? Or if you're just an NPC as well in somebody else's game? That's why I like simulation theory. It's it's just fun to think about, which makes me want to play City Skylines or Kerbal Space Program. But yeah, we're going to wrap it up. We are at the 33-minute mark. So after cutting some out, hopefully it's only about 27 minutes or so. The other day, I was spot on. I was like, oh, we're at 25 minutes. I'm going to cut it down to 20. It was like 20.02. It was almost spot on. So anyway, hopefully you guys learned something new about deja vu bars. And if you ever experience it, now you know, it could be one of these theories. And we may never know why it really happens, but now you know it could be one of these theories I explained to you today. And also, while I'm ending this one, shout out to the new subscribers. Got a, got some subscribers yesterday that didn't even know who listened, but subscribing is free. It doesn't cost anything. You can subscribe to Apple, Spotify, obviously, but on Substack, I get the notification. I get all that stuff. And uh, yeah, appreciate the support as usual. Again, the subscription's free. You could set it to go to your junk box all you want. But yeah, there were some people that subscribed yesterday that I didn't even know listened. I didn't even know they gave a shit, but they turn out that they do listen and they're into it. They're like, oh, it's not bad. It's it's not the it's not the perfect podcast in the world, you know, but they get it. So again, appreciate the support as usual. Uh, don't forget to follow me on threads, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and then I stream on Twitch and Kick, which I'll leave at the bottom of my Substack, so you can click and subscribe to that as well, or at least follow me on there as well. So we're going to get out of here. It's downpouring. I got to make dinner. Got work tomorrow. Fuck Mondays. And uh, yeah, we'll leave you at that. So deja vu.